Hello everybody, it's Gary Stuckey with Real Music. On today's episode, I've got the very talented guitar player. He's amazing. Mr. George Lynch is here of Lynch Mob. They got a brand new album coming out October 20th called Babylon. Of course, you know him from the band Dokken. And we're going to be covering those bands and so much more. I think you're going to enjoy this one. So here we go. Here he is. Here's George Lynch. So what's going on with you today? Today? Uh, yeah, today's, uh, you know, a lot of guitar. I got to deal with a lot of stuff with my uh, guitar business. So I'm going to the shop and then I need to uh, do some running around. I'm also going down to um, deal with... Uh, Rob over at Arcane Pickups says we got a new pickup model coming out called the Doom Pickup that's cool. uh, uh, modeled after my Tiger guitar. Um, and so I'm going to go over there and talk to him about that. And then uh, my son-in-law, Richie, will be there because Judas Priest is rehearsing there. So I'm going to hang out oh. with them. And then I got to go to Tone Merchants and pick up a couple of amplifiers that I needed repaired. And, you know, just boring suburban soccer mom shit. <laughs> Sure, sure it is. It's boring. Well, I I don't think so. Really, it's no different than the soccer mom life, you know. I mean, I just around, I do errands, I go do my job, I fly out, do shows, yeah, do records in my home studio where I sit around and my sweats, and my wife bugs me to do stuff while I'm recording. Just kind of a normal life, really. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't see soccer moms playing guitar like that. I'm just saying, you know. I haven't seen one like you know maybe somewhere i don't want to say never you know be cool <laughs> I, I had a record i that up in a second <laughs> i like soccer uh but anyway uh brand new album you know i was thinking now you uh, you got a new album coming out with uh lynch mob uh, in a few weeks and you've got a solo album out so why don't you decide to release that right after that well it's not that i decided to do that it's just that you know um in the course of my life i i I like recording and writing and 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 i just do that it was a reflexive thing and then um then i i get these bodies of works together and do what i've done all my life which is kind of cobble together albums you know and yeah and i kind of let the chips fall where they may at that point because I, i you know i give them to a label and and uh, then, you know, we have to decide what to do with it. Um, but I work with different labels. Mm. You know, so uh, I'll do a couple of records for one label and I'll do a couple of records for another label. And then they're both sitting on these multiple albums and trying to decide when the best time to release these that won't step on the other guy and yeah. everything. It's, it's it's kind of difficult to figure that out. So sometimes you do have a couple of train wrecks, you know. Yeah. If you call it that, I don't know if it's a bad thing, but I do get <laughs> releases that are consecutive or or um, you know kind of on top of each other, you know, around the same get released at around the same time. Yeah. It's maybe not ideal, but maybe it maybe it's not a bad thing because you know uh, people like my music, or, you know. Maybe maybe be aware of another record that they weren't aware of uh, in doing right. something. Sure, um, I know uh, y'all released the. Uh, uh, well, you got a new single out, but I want to talk about the one before that. Um, you know, 
and you, you had got a new video, I guess, or uh, from the previous previous song, uh, but your new song uh, was it time after time. I was watching that video now, and I saw the Cindy Lauper uh, picture Perfect. in there, so I caught that. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> Did anybody else get that? Did they understand that uh, whole time? Well, it's very Alfred Hitchcockian, isn't it? <laughs> very deep. Uh, uh, yeah, the video works on, on, on so many different levels and references. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But, uh, well, you know, I mean, it's obviously, uh, you know, you, you can't trademark a, a song name. So, uh, you know, you anybody can call anything anything. We can write a song called Stairway to Heaven if we wanted to. Sure, sure. But, um you know, we felt, you know, we should at least recognize the fact that we're not pretending that it was original um, and making that reference. Uh, it was just kind of a spur of the moment thing. Somebody just tacked up on the wall with a piece of gum and a Sharpie, you know, <laughs> with part of the plot of the video. <laughs> yeah, right. That was, but yeah, uh, great acting in there. You know, that, that deserves some kind of an award or something, you know, I'm just saying I don't like to toot my own horn, but boy, oh boy, when it's good, it's good. And, you know, so some people are calling it, you know, kind of a seminal, uh, uh, what do they call that when, you know, things go, a paradigm shift in, 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 in Des- uh, history, you know, historically significant tectonic shift. In, yeah. Uh, world is kind of shaking in their boots right now because, so it's like, kind of like what Brando did on the waterfront, you know what I mean? And just sure. kind of, all the the rules and the molds and and uh i think that's what all of this it's uh, because you know you look at it i mean there's surprise uh there's uh there's a little physical uh uh violence where you know uh, i grab yeah. gabe pretend to grab gabe by the lapels and shake him uh there's there's a lot of action i did my own running oh yeah you didn't have a stunt guy well that's they good. I am, but I'm like Tom Cruise. I insist on my own stunts. I work. That's your other talents. I'm just saying, people don't realize these things until they find out, you know, from the video and from the interviews. But that's cool. Uh, brand new uh, single, uh, Caught Up. Now, what's this song about, Caught Up? Well, you have to ask the singer about that. And that's the thing with all these interviews. I'm, For instance, today, I'm doing interviews for three and a half hours. Oh. Nobody talk to anybody else in the band. Now I, I, you know, I appreciate that that people think I'm in, <laughs> but I can't speak for everything. You know, I didn't write yeah. the, wrote some. You know, I wrote a little bit, helped to, you yeah. know, a little size, but I'm not the main lyricist or anything. So sure, sure. Singer about that, I, I don't know. I write. My main job is writing the music and just kind of dealing with the record as a kind of a, a whole project. I have to deal with that and things sure. like that you know mixes and arrangements to the business and everything but um uh, for the most part i i usually you know the, the singer is hopefully competent enough or that's you know part of his world and what he does is to uh you know he has something to say yeah and we had you know a, a few writers working on this and the band all chimed in too and i, I had some contribution as well uh but not a major contribution so as far as what that means i have no idea <laughs> you just you're just the guitar player hey right nah uh so uh oh wait. this album though uh you know 
when you recorded all these other albums with with Lynch Mob and uh, do you go back and kind of listen to some of the stuff and try to uh, on purpose do something new or do you just kind of play and see what happens? How, how do you come up with the whole idea for that sound that you do? There's a running joke in the interview world about that question. Oh, it's yeah, it it's the lazy. Oh, I'm, I'm just having fun with you, but it is the laziest question in the world. Is like, how do you come up with your ideas? That's like the biggest joke in the industry. They never ask that question, and so when people ask it, they say it with a smirk. You know what I mean? It's usually like they laugh about it because it's just sure. obvious it's, softball. Uh, sure, not sure. and I'm just like. Where do you come up with your ideas? <laughs> yeah, right, right. I don't mean to uh, sound like I'm making fun of the question or anything, but because uh, that's your question is not exactly that. It's, it's, it's yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's just you know, I was just thinking. Oh, now, oh, I remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't. Well, no. I mean, there has been uh, maybe a time or two in in the thirty years plus uh, since uh, our first record that we've gone back and referenced the first record. Sure. And because it was our most successful record and probably our best record. Um, but uh, I would say for, for, uh, that for Babylon, this current record, we did the exact opposite. We, 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 we purposely just ignored all our past um, efforts and just uh, let ourselves be, let this record be whatever it wanted to be. It was just a result of our chemistry and current just thinking and, and the way that we interact and, and whatever came up. And we didn't try to judge it and say, oh, this isn't Munch Mob or this doesn't sound like the first album or anything like that. Right. Um, so so uh, because of that, the, the record actually sounds more like Guns N' Roses, I would say. Oh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, The title, Babylon, you know, always has that I don't know. When you think of titles like that, it's, it's got to mean something. So how how'd y'all come up with a title for Babylon? Does that represent some kind of overall meaning, or is that how did that come to be? Well, it's one of those titles that I just I just kind of thought of and just I ran across the word. So I don't know. I can't remember how I was exposed to the word, but. Um, you know, and I just, uh, you know, I come from the, the old school of just like, sometimes you just do things because they sound cool. Then you come, then you apply meaning to it later. Uh, you worry about that later. And that's exactly what this is. I mean, there isn't any overarching concept. It's not a concept record. It's not a political record. Over, right. over. Um, but you could devise all kinds of explanations for it. Uh, I mean, I could say that oh, it's a reflection of the... Uh, uh, of the political discord in the world today and the fact that people can't communicate because they're all have different truths. Nobody can agree on a process to determine truth and this and that, and this and that language based, uh, uh, anarchy, but, uh, whatever. Yeah. Cool sounding name. How about it does sound cool though. That's the main thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, it took a while for you to record a lynch mob album. Uh, so how come it took so long in between albums? Uh, well, I had written one about halfway. It's been, I think, six or seven years since we've put a record mm -hmm. out. Um, but uh, about three or four years ago, uh, or something like that, I, I did write what I thought was a Lynch Mob record. 
and uh and i finished you know writing it at, at my studio and and uh, uh i sent it over to Oni, the singer at the time and uh, and he couldn't make heads or tails of it he couldn't he just wasn't feeling it uh, okay well that's just Oni. so i sent it over to andrew freeman who was also singing with me at you know various times that on and off in lynch mob and other projects and he's a good friend and, and he he did his best and he he made a few stabs at it and came up with a couple of things which just weren't really weren't hit you know weren't ringing the bell so to speak and he you know he himself admitted, admitted that he goes i'm just having a hard time with this stuff right so i gave it one more shot and i, I sent it to joe retta who made a, a, a you know a, a real you know valiant effort to try to uh, <laughs> you know uh, salvage the record and um, it just wasn't there but the writing wasn't there it wasn't the right song they wouldn't say we were bad they just weren't right um they weren't open enough you know for them to kind of do their thing and apply melodies and uh, so forth so anyways right. it didn't work so i i was talking to the label guy and I was like, man, I, I this is really weird. I've, I've never been in this position where I've written a record and uh, and I failed, you know? And I, I feel this is, I just maybe need to just set this thing aside, shit can it, and start all over again, which is, yeah. you know, it was a lot of work, <laughs> some expense, and, and really set me back. But I was just like, well, I think that's what I have to do. And then, Later on, he he called me back and he said, "Hey, what about the idea of instrumentalizing it?" I go, "Well, at first I just thought, well, that's that wouldn't work because it wasn't written for that, you know." Yeah. Put a square peg in a round hole, and um, but then you know we had a couple more conversations, and he said, "Well, listen, just just if you get some time, try try a song, try a part of a song, just see if some what happens." I go, well, you know, and I did. And uh, it was surprisingly good. I thought, well, you know what? Actually, this is pretty cool. Uh, I didn't know if the rest of the songs would work. So, <laughs> so uh, I did some uh, rejigging on the arrangements and added a few parts and kind of worked worked uh, worked with what I had to kind of mold it into something a little different. And then I did my, you know, I instrumentalized the whole thing and, and it ended up being uh, an instrumental record, which was yeah. did pretty called seamless uh a few years ago i guess so that that was intended to be a lynch mob record so and then cool. of course uh you know only was no longer we weren't playing together anymore and uh got a new bass player and you know we continued to tour and everything and we formed this new version of the band with gabriel uh uh Colon, who's a singer and uh uh, uh jaron Galino, which is the bass player from Hinder, and uh, and Jaron was interesting. Had been sort of following the band around, and he loved Lynch Mob, and uh, you know, kind of hooked up with Anthony and sort of mined his brain for a lot of information, and would fly out and watch our shows and just be a fly on the wall. And, uh, right. and was introduced to him, and he's such a super sweet guy. And what are these guys coming around? It's crazy. It was pretty <laughs> I mean, he's like an understudy, self-proclaimed. Right. And then when our bass player had to go to Europe to do a tour, 
uh, he was the obvious fill-in. So he he stepped in, and he's been in the band ever since. And he's oh. absolutely you couldn't you couldn't uh, invent a more perfect human being to be in that position in a laboratory. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, yeah, and it worked in chemistry, and we were on the road, and we started developing the sound and getting comfortable with each other, and we're having fun, and and we thought, well, I think the time has come that we need to document this, and we did. We wrote a record, and there it is, Babylon. Awesome. Yeah, you're talking about chemistry. There's got to be a time when you're playing the recording that you kind of hear everything come together, and it's got to be put a smile on your face, like you said, when you know that things are working out for you, you know, recording-wise. Uh, but, yeah, that, that's got to be the best feeling ever, to hear something, and it's like, yeah, <laughs> this is good, man, to like your own stuff, you know. You could have just released an album just because some people, I think, do you know, I think if you if you're real critical of yourself and you make the best album you can, I think that that shows after you release it. I I know you could tell the difference, right? Well, that's always a balancing act. It's a, a, you know making the album the best it can be it can be a never ending project, and that, that that you don't want to get stuck in that either. And and in a way, I look at albums like. Uh, uh, you're capturing a moment in time, you know, and and for that reason, you don't really want to extend the process. But you know, there's nothing wrong with that either. If you have the funds and the time, uh, Wicked Sensation took a year and a half to make and cost us, uh, you know, a huge amount of money. Yeah. And that was a very involved, long, lengthy, expensive process, and it shows. And we've done lots of other records. We've done the opposite, which are still good records, you know. So. Um, I like doing them both ways, but, uh, um, I don't really have the patience for, you know, a year long album process anymore. And I, and I've learned to work pretty efficiently so that, uh, my kind of goal every time I, I work on a record is to, is to write and record the basics for a song a day. I have to write the song and then I have to, you know, I need to program drums. I'll do scratch bass and I do real keeper guitars, meaning I do this, usually do the solos as well and all the rhythms and all the extra little guitars and everything, whatever it requires. And I'll have that done by the end of the day and I'll have the song arranged, pretty much arranged and, and in the can and ready to go to the drummer and the bass player and the singer. Uh, and that's pretty efficient. Yeah. Sometimes I can do a little more than that. Um, but, I try to make that my uh, goal is to is to write and record a song a day, um, and uh, you know that's for economic reasons too. You know because yeah. they're on you need to actually you know hopefully have something left over for the actual musicians and songwriters in the band <laughs> after the process. <laughs> it's yeah, a challenge. Right. Fun man, I love writing. I love it. I love recording. Sure. Um, and whenever you're recording, like, uh, I don't know, I always thought about solos, you know, are a big deal to me. And I know if you're, you know, especially like from the eighties, solos used to be this big thing and, you know, I don't know the music scene kind of changed and they weren't so focused on that, you know, but I, it always blew my mind to come up with these different parts, uh, for songs 
you know, how do you keep it fresh whenever you're recording a, a new song without, you know, copying something else or something like that? Well, sometimes I intentionally do uh, not copy, but I'll, I'll do something in the style of something I've done in the past just to keep, you know, that's my style and, and, and that's okay. Yeah. Everybody does that. Um, and sometimes I have to intentionally do that actually because I'll a lot of times just want to go off and do something strange or completely different because it's fun for me. But then sometimes I got to pull myself back and go, you know, you still got to be true to the brand and kind of your legacy and you yeah. got to get potatoes and, and, and this and that. So um, there's a balance there, but I try to achieve that balance is all I do is I try to make it, well, it's still me. It's still familiar. Uh, got my sound, got my phrasing, got my chops, whatever, but also I'm taking chances and working outside the box a little bit, you know? Um, and I like to have people look forward to the solos, you know, and, and kind of, sure. you know, then what's he going to do this time? You know, surprise me. And uh, that's challenging for me, but super, super fun. Yeah. And you know, on my toes and keeps the listener on their toes and makes listening to their song, hopefully more gratifying where they get little, you know, they go, Oh, you know, it's going to be cool. You see what George does here. And, yeah, sometimes maybe I don't hit it all the time. You know, it's not always a home run, but uh, they're always different. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, it's not like I'm out there trying to prove that I can, you know, do whatever, whatever. You know, I'm just trying to really make a solo that, that's, that's, that fits with the song. I mean, that's the, the overarching kind of point is when you're working, it's like, okay. I'm not going to do something abstract. You know, I'm going to do something that serves the song. And um, it's like a little song within a song, you know, hopefully. That's kind of the idea. So um, I, I like the souls to be able to be uh, sort of appreciated, even out of context, just on their, with their own, you know, on their own, uh, on their own, you know, even outside the song itself. Just like, wow, this is cool. Um, really yeah. important. Sure. Um, would you say over the years, though, you know, back in the docking days, would would you say that your style has changed from that time or, you know, have have you tried to stay you know, close to that sound? I mean, I know time does change a lot of stuff, but would you say that you've kept that same kind of feel and sound and everything or you just adapted to the changes? And Probably. Well, now, I've always been kind of going for the same thing. It's just, uh, you know, I've just found different ways to get there and landed in different places. But I'm still, you know, I, I try, I try to be honest with my playing, and 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 uh, you know, back in the '80s, I was a little less honest. In other words, I, you know, I do a lot of punching in. I I use a lot of processing. There's nothing wrong with any of that, you yeah. know, but. Uh, just for my own heart, you know, I, I feel I had something to prove to be more purist. And so I try to do that. Um, happening in recent decades. Uh, uh, and also, I, I wasn't really happy with my sound back then. I, I achieved it by throwing everything but the kitchen sink uh, into the mix. So I'd use every freaking machine in these studios to get I needed to get. I'd spend hours you know dialing in the tone and trying this and trying that with the engineer and producer or whatever 
and uh, plugging everything in but the kitchen sink as i said we had all kinds of ways to get different sounds but what i never got back then i didn't think was really like just a pure honest you know hands and heart to ears kind of you know through a very kind of transparent amp like a plexi or something simple and just plug in and play and just be more of a direct conduit from my brain to the listener's ear you know right and right myself I, I i wanted a sound that was more organic because that's what i grew up with you know, listening to in the 60s and late 60s and all through the 70s all sure. my hero. so i wanted to get closer to that and that's what i've been trying to do and i, I think i've achieved to a certain extent um but now that I've done that, people are like, oh, why don't you go back to that 80s sound? We had all that <laughs> yeah. processing and EQ and this and that and this and that. Microphones and six different amps. Right. It's ah, a lot of work. Yeah, I bet. Um, Occasionally, I do plug into something like that. I'm actually building an 80s rack rig right now. It's kind of a slow oh, cool. uh, But, you know, out, when I'm out and about, you know, I have an opportunity to play through something very heavily distorted and processed more like i used to play through man it's it's cool and i yeah. think for i've been thinking lately too maybe i need to in fact i just had this conversation a couple of days ago we we're out on the road doing shows and we were talking about that a little bit about maybe i need to try to kind of go back to that a little bit because even though it may not be my ideal tone it's what made me known right Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, and talking about those days back in the day with uh, with Dokken, uh, I guess it was a different world back then as opposed to now. You probably had you got more opportunity to be freer, I guess, with your playing, maybe in, in a different atmosphere, right? That's probably a big difference, right? Yeah, less, less focused and more, you know, like basically don't there's no rules because I'm building yeah. my hands and. You know, I've done records that are way left to center for my fan base, you know, like Project Infidelica and Smoke This and yeah. the and which people have pretty much rejected. But um, I think they're beautiful, valid efforts and, and, and I stand by them. But um, yeah, I have that uh, uh, flexibility, you know, uh, afforded to me to be able to, uh, because I have a little bit of a name, I can um, doors open. You know, for me, the that wouldn't normally be open, and I can play with people like Corey Glover and Angela Moore, and you know, uh, Doug Pinnock and Ray Lazier, and all these other guys that I do projects with, Michael Sweet and this and that. You know, it's awesome. You know, I yeah. really enjoy the journey, and and why you know, uh, you know, I have one life to live, so might as well uh, uh, make the best of it. You know, and 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 follow up on these. Uh, opportunities that are in some ways challenging which is cool you know i like to challenge myself and uh and uh open myself up to to, to different styles and you know, instead of just doing the same thing over and over again that, that doesn't sound very fun sure um i know that uh when the album comes out in a couple of weeks i know that Dokken has got a new album coming out that that's got to help fans get excited about that you know kind of nostalgic feeling of the you know of everybody what's your relationship with him lately oh we have a we have a great relationship we're we're fine i mean there's a lot of stuff in the past of course everybody knows about it. i guess it cares to pay attention to that but uh you know that's 
extremely old news. Yeah. Been the case in long, long time. So no, we're fine. I mean, you know, we're both, uh, you know, older guys and, and been through a lot together and achieved a lot together, uh, both together and independent of each other. So we're, there's really nothing, our feelings or anything at this point. It's just, uh, uh, we do shows together, you know, which is fine. You know, we play together quite often, actually. And um, um, and I think it's interesting, yeah, that, that, that our records are coming out, and videos coming out at the same time. Because, you know, I mean, we're entertainment when it really comes down to it. And right. at the end of the day, you know, if it's a circus show, it's a circus show. <laughs> Whatever <laughs> on the door, to pay attention, you know. So yeah, there's right. a bit of a thing there between us and we can work off that and people can yeah. compare to, uh, the albums and, and all that and that's healthy i think there's another one that's good though that that people can get past all that you know i was talking to jeff pilson about you know those days and he said the the egos were the downfall to those days so would you agree with that oh i wouldn't I wouldn't say egos plural. No, you would say ego. But listen, everybody has an ego. Ego's a strange word. It can mean a lot yeah. of different. There's like a blanket word that means I don't know exactly what. I think I think I know what he means by that. But uh, yeah, without going driving down that rabbit hole, uh, I would yeah. say I think some of us were had the best interests of everybody at heart, and some of us, or less than some of us had the interests of just themselves uh, uh, at heart. So that, that was really the, the struggle. Right. So do you, as your band, you know, Lynch Mob, do you, when you're approaching a band, I guess you're approaching it differently than say that band would be. And that probably helps the band overall when you have a different attitude about it, I guess you could say, right? Well, I mean, my lesson from, from docking and even before the docking days was a one for all, all for one. It was all about the democracy of rock and roll. You know, we all, we all work hard. We struggle together. We come up, we achieve something and we all benefit equally. Uh, I know, but I did learn a, a very hard lesson uh, post docking years when I put together my, you know, band based on that philosophy and gave everybody equal share and equal power and, equal money and it, it was a failure and mm. just because people are not built equal and you do need some, you need somebody in control. You need somebody, you know, calling the shots and, and you, you know, I, I just think the man-made hierarchy should mimic the natural hierarchy. There is a, a natural hierarchy with people, but the problems occur, I think when people try to, uh, uh, sort of get out of bounds of the natural order, in other words, in other words, let's say for an example, you have a bass player that's, you know, he's a bass player, you know, bass players, they play one or maybe two of the four strings on their bass and they're, they're not writing songs and they're not really the mode, uh, the motive force behind the band, let's say in, in, in some instances, I'm not saying all instances, yeah. um, but just, I'm just citing a, 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 just a generic example. Could be a drummer, could be a guitar player, could be a singer. But anyway, right. so this person, you know, gets, uh, decides that because of their maybe lower position on the in the creative part and the, and the earnings part and the, 
and, and, and all the other things, uh, the attention part that, that they feel that they need to overcompensate and they want to control everything and they want to do this and they force bad songs on you and bad decisions. And, and, and that's, I, that's, I, I think that's what Jeff is referring to when he's talking about ego and, and that can be damaging. So what I thought the answer to that was, was you give everybody an equal cut and then it not only it rewards people for not forcing their bad ideas on you. That was right. the idea. It didn't work out that way. And I learned that lesson. So now I realize that in life, you know, a pure socialist democracy doesn't really work in the real world. You need some, <laughs> some constraints and restraints. So, um, you know, you need rewards, but you also need, uh, you need an order, you know, you need order. You can't just have chaos. That doesn't right. work. Communication is good too, right? And, uh, understanding each other would probably like, help. I'm to really get down to it. The most fundamental thing is trying to work with good people that, that you love and you trust and that are honest as honest as a human can be um, and trusting each other, just like a, a, a relationship, you know, the marriage, you know, it's, it's a really about trust. And uh, we did not have that in the early Lynch mob. And we do have that now. Uh, that's good. And I think that's a beautiful thing. I would trade the, the lack of quote unquote success for the honesty and the, and, and the love that I have, with this present iteration of the band, uh, I would take that over, you know, the millions of dollars and, 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 and all the big time, uh, you know, Ritz and glamor of the, of the 1989, 1990. Right. <laughs> <Well>, that <laughs> says a lot. Yeah. Bullshit. It was just, <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You learn. Yeah. 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 Yeah, being in a band is like a laboratory for just human nature, like a lot of things. It's really interesting. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm glad that you've got a band that, you know, you're happy with. you you got great songs. I know the album's going to be great. I'm looking forward to hearing that uh, album. Uh, what about, you got shows coming up, right? You, you've been on tour and everything. Got some shows very soon, right? Uh, yeah, we're, you know, we're, we tour kind of regularly, you know, we, um, pretty consistently. So yeah, we just got back from a, a run. We're going back out, uh, here coming up here a little bit, going to Florida, I believe. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we, we try to stay busy. This is Lynch mob is my touring band. I don't really tour with the other projects that I record with. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you talking to me today. I know you're a busy guy. You know, you got all those soccer, uh, mom stuff, that you got to do too, right? So I don't want to keep you or anything. Yeah, the cat threw up on the rug. I got to take it See? over to the cleaners. See, that's going to be the headline in all the magazines. Yeah, well, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. All right, buddy. Well, Thanks, thank man. you. Next one, I got six of these today, so I got to oh, keep yeah. them up. Got to keep them going. Thanks, man. Have a good yep. day. You take care. Thanks for tuning in, everybody, to another episode of Real Music. To find out more about Lynch Mob and George Lynch, head on over to his website, georgelynch.com. And until next time, everybody, keep the music real. <laughs>